Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. Man, super excited uh, for another episode of How the Grades Do It. I've got Dusty Collins on the line. He's a go-to-market leader and actually leading head of sales right now for Visible Threads. Dusty, appreciate you jumping on with us today. Yeah, happy to be here, Tyler. Thanks, man. I'm excited to dig in and talk sales with you. Cool, man. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately, man? Give us a bird's eye view. Yeah, so um, within the last, we'll call it six years or so, I've been leading sales organizations, especially in the enterprise space. Um, Previously with a company called Dispatch, which was, uh, I think, Uber for business delivery. Um, And then left there to lead sales here at Visible Thread. A little over a year ago, maybe 13 months ago, um, took over the team. We're in the SaaS space doing government RFP work. Uh, super excited about being here today, though. Talk through things with you. Sweet, man. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you landed into your first sales role for a lot of people, right? Like it's, um, you know, someone saw the potential in them or like, you, or maybe you were a little bit more like me where you knew from a really young age you were going to be a sales guy. Yeah, I would say I definitely didn't know I'd be a sales guy. And I, I, I think people didn't see any potential in me, uh, which is why <laughs> I, I, I carry that chip on my shoulder. So um, I was I started out as a health coach. So I, my first big job out of college, you know, big job to me was being a health coach for an insurance company uh, in Iowa. And it was great. I loved it. Came in 14 meetings a day. We're doing health coaching with truck drivers. You know, that was kind of our yeah. ICP at the time. And I had some buddies over in sales who are like, you know, you're doing very similar work to the work that we do. We just make a lot more money than you do. So I was like, all right. Hey, uh, that sounds nice to me, right? Yeah, I'm going to make a little bit more fair. money, do somewhat of the same job. Like, that seems like a no-brainer. Totally. Fair point. Uh, I was like, fair point, guys. Let's see what I can do. So try to get into sales at that company. They actually didn't want me. They had they had no interest in a health coach that wanted to be a sales guy. So, uh, reached they didn't out see to the potential that was laying under right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I still go back to that. I still call on that. Anytime I'm feeling weak, I just think, you know, they didn't believe in me. They didn't appreciate yeah. me. They didn't see that coming. So got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I uh, won't lie. But, um, once I did finally make that jump, I, I found a, a guy I went to high school with networked with him. He got me an interview as a sales development rep at a company called Sports Engine up in Minneapolis and started out uh, booking meetings for my AE and just crushing the phone. So um, yeah, I had some success early on too. So I was like, all right, I think I'm on the right page, right path here. Yeah, that always helps, right? When you're early on in your career, you get a few wins under your belt and you're like, okay, I think I'm doing the thing, uh, doing some things the correct way. Um, so that always helps. For sure, I, for I, sure. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you a little bit. Like, were there any turning points or challenges that maybe shaped your approach to like how you were selling? Yeah, well, I I started from zero. You know, I really didn't know anything about sales. I had never intended on going into sales. Um, So I was just reading a lot of blogs. I was reading some books. I was talking to my AE. At that time, we sat next to each other, right? So we'd be hitting the phones together. I'd get somebody on the line, hot transfer, you know, get them over there. And uh, he would just give me feedback. Hey, this was good for this reason. This was bad for that reason. Uh, his name is Nash Falk. Great guy. I love him. Uh, but he taught me a ton about just the approach to take and sort of like a, a very human approach to sales. Like, look, you're just mm-hmm. talking to another person. You're having a conversation. You're seeing if you can help them. And so that's the approach that I took. And that's like 
that was a, a nice mindset shift to what I thought sales was, was talking people into things and then like, nope, we're having a conversation and we're finding the people that actually need our product. Simple enough. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, when you keep it simple like that, right. And say like, look, we're just going to have a conversation. Um, I think sometimes, right. Like that's, it really is that, right. It's a conversation that leads that you as a salesperson help lead the conversation in a way that, um, that helps you get to where you need to be. Right. But like you have to be the one to lead it into that, into that place. Yes. A hundred percent. You know, what I found, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, like when I'm bringing in a new rep and a lot of times, you know, I'm thinking about maybe someone even super junior, like I have to teach them how to have a conversation. Like the, it's, the art is almost lost sometimes. Um, do you face some of that, that same challenges when, when hiring new reps or like, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. I think that's the classic case of somebody who's, who's like overcoached or overthinking things, you know, and, and you just mm. got to get them hey, let's lock in. What's actually happening here? This is just a human interaction. You're doing this all the time with your family, your friends, whatever. You get in an argument, you've got a point of view, they've got a point of view. <laughs> let's find the middle ground. Let's find where we can agree um, or if or if you can help them. And so that was like um, a transferable skill that I started to learn at, at health coaching that I didn't know would transfer to being a sales development rep was mm -hmm. um, just sort of talking through, okay, I understand that this is something that's important to you. Um, this is your opinion on things today, but what if things were better? What would that look like? How could you reimagine your belief? It's the same yeah. thing when you're coaching a new rep, sales rep, AE, SDR, whatever. It's like, okay, I know that you're coached to say, ask these questions and get all this and get all that. But if you're not a human, good luck. You're not booking meetings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's funny, right? It's that classic um terminology of like the sale the the car salesman right like you come in they put you at a table they leave you and they put you through this awful prospect ex experience right and even down to your your basic sdr right like people can tell when you're trying to take them through your sales process and reality is they don't want to go through a sales process they don't care what your sales process is you know and if you're not providing value throughout the entire time that you're with them they're not going to stay engaged and ultimately that will maybe turn them off from buying your product. A hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, man. We all have those major wins um, throughout our career. Like maybe you can share share a story with us, and um, and I'll ask you maybe what what tactics or strategies you use to you know get those results that you were looking for. Well, I'd say the first one was just getting into sales and just making the choice that look, I'm going to move hundreds of miles away to just go get a job. And I'm going to connect with That's somebody. That's a mindset I, shift. It is. It is. And and I'm going to reach out to this guy that I haven't talked to in a long time from high school that works at this company that looks interesting to me. And yeah. it just worked. You know, he was like, yes, of course. Now, at that time, I didn't know anything about like, hey, if I bring somebody in for this open role that we got, I got this a couple hundred bucks waiting for me or whatever. <laughs> you know? But he was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get that referral bonus. Yeah, come exactly, join me, bro. Exactly, exactly. And he's going to coach me through the process and tell me what they're looking for. You know, so I didn't even realize that that existed, but but you had to do it. You know, I had to make that ask. I had to try and just go out and find something, go make something happen. So that was yeah. that's a big win there. There was a time, too. I, I took a, I've taken a few risks, I'd say, in my career, um, many of which have worked out. And even the ones that haven't worked out. For example, uh, after I left Sports Engine, I had been right on the edge of getting promoted to an AE role from SDR 
right about a year in. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple buddies of mine that had been talking to me about Northwestern Mutual and doing financial planning. And it was like, well, that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Now, I went and did it, and I found out pretty quickly, this makes no sense for me. I hate this. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want any part of this. Um, and I stuck it out as long as I could. But that ended up being sort of the perfect amount of time and step to take because what resulted in was when I was ready to leave Northwestern Mutual, uh, one of my uh, buddies and a regional manager who had been sort of coaching me up and was ready to potentially hire me as an AE at Sports Engine had left, started his own company, and then I booked a financial planning meeting with him. That took a little bit of guts to make that call because it was a personal relationship, well, sure. you know. But then we got in there, and uh, it was a job interview, turns out. So uh, a fortuitous <laughs> bounce for me because I was looking to get out, and he was looking for an AE to sort of help start the business. Um, so I'd say that was another huge win and getting in the startup space and the amount that I learned there in five and a half years, just unbelievable amount. Got it. Got through, put through all the paces, elevated myself, elevated my career, and did in five and a half years at that particular company what it could have taken 10 years if I would have just, you know, gone the traditional route. Yeah, no, you know, you bring up a good point, right? Like, I think startup world is not for everybody, but like, maybe you can help people understand that if they're, you know, they're somewhat maybe in a role that they're, they're happy with or not happy with, like, who do you think? is cut out for that um startup world and like how would you recommend whether they're making to make a choice like hey big corp big corp or or startup like what advice would you give them there yeah i think it all comes down to how much structure you want or need in your life and how much um just gumption and and attitude that i'm just going to make it work no matter what uh the 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 further along the spectrum you are to i'm just going to make something happen great go to a startup you're going to do great you'll figure things out and even if you don't, you're going to come away with a lot of learning. So you might go do that in two years, learn what you might have learned in five years somewhere else. If you're the type of person who's aggressive and wants to take a risk like that, you're a startup person. If you are the opposite cool. end of that, the opposite of what everything I just said, a big company be great for you. And guess what? They pay great. They've got great benefits. It's a more relaxed lifestyle. Have at it. That wasn't what I wanted to do because I've got career aspirations and wanted to sort of move through the ranks a little bit quicker than the traditional path. Um, but yeah, it, either way, different strokes for different folks. I love that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like um, you bet on yourself, right? And, and I think in that startup world, you either, you, you go big or it goes bust and you figure that out as you go. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you, you were a hundred percent betting on yourself. So if you're one of those people that as willing to do that, let it roll, let it roll. Yeah. And, and yeah, let it roll. There are ups and downs. Like that's um, you're gonna catch some trauma in a startup for sure. You're gonna catch some trauma. <laughs> like we, we always, uh, one of my leaders, the guy that actually recruited me to dispatch, uh, co-founder Ryan, he, he told me something that I t- I take with me and I think about literally every single week still, which is every day in a startup environment you're gonna have, or every week in a startup environment you are gonna have two mountaintop moments. You are going to be on top of the world. You're going to be crushing it. You're going to be like, I'm, I'm invincible. I'm the man. You're going to have two days that are valley lows. This is the worst thing ever. This business is going bankrupt. What am I doing? Why did I think that this was the right role for me? And then you're going to have one more neutral yeah. day. But you're going to have it. So you might as well mentally prepare yourself and tell yourself on those days when they are valley lows, 
look, this is one of my two. I knew there was going to be two. Let's keep grinding and get through it. It's just a good way to think about joining the startup world and kind of where that's going to take you. But I think it's uh, something yeah. you got to be ready for. You go big company could be a totally different story. I don't know. I didn't do that. Yeah, no, I love that, right? Like, and I, and even as I coach reps, I think, I think about this, right? Like you have a rep that's new coming out and even most seasoned reps, like you have your great days and you have your bad days. And it's funny, right? You have a rep that comes to you and they says, yo, I had a great day. And I would say, Hey, I want you to take the next 10 minutes and write down how you're feeling right now. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, later in the week they would say, man, I'm just having, I'm just not having a great week. And I'm like, Hey, I want you to go back and read what you wrote a couple of days ago. Right. And, and that was like, that was just what they needed. Um, and so, so often, right. Like I think sales is this secular, secular, cycle, right. Where you're going through and you're trying to figure out, Hey, what's working, what's not working, but it's the consistent effort that always gets you. That's there. right. That's right. It's, and there's so much that's not in control too. like people, different people's timelines or some executive comes in and, and crushes a deal that you thought you were guaranteed. It was locked, baby. You know, your, your person yeah. is telling you this is a done deal. End of quarter. We're good to go. No question. And then they get fired. It's like, okay, well, what do you do about that? I don't know. Right. I guess that's why they teach you now, right? To go up and out. Yep. Um, so you don't, you're not just relying on one person to close the deal anymore. Man, I, I'd love to hear um, from you. Maybe some sales techniques that you found effective, especially right now when we're in a down market and a lot of companies are out there struggling. Yeah, I'd say largely the fundamentals still work. You got to do it differently, like how you actually approach it is differently. So from a cold calling perspective, you still got to do it. You still got to make the calls in the B2B space. That's just the way it goes. And that's the fastest path to 100%. results. So like if you think about that's the fastest path, ideally you you work in an organization that has a power dialer. You can make connections because it's all about connections, right? You're going to sit there and dial the phone. If you dial the phone and connect with nobody for four hours, like, cool, but you got to keep going until you talk to people. It's all about how many people yep. you connect with, give yourself at bats so that you can win. So I'd say you definitely got to still cold call. You definitely got to still email, but email, I mean, good God, the delivery rates on email is just horrific. Microsoft and Google, they're doing something right now that just may, is just filtering everything <laughs> out. Uh, which I'm happy for in my personal inbox, but in my business inbox, maybe not so much. Um, so, you, so you've got to be able to optimize those systems. You got to be really targeted with your outreach, and then you got to get over to LinkedIn and you got to go direct and you got to you got to hit people on every single channel so that you can get the opportunity to be seen. Because email, you're firing off in the abyss potentially. Yeah. With cold calling, if you never talk to them, you might as well assume they have no clue who you are. And then if you go LinkedIn, at least there's a little bit of a chance there that you can make that direct connection. So I'd say you got to go all three. You got to be consistent and do the same thing. Consistency is key. Do all three, check all the boxes. That's the fundamentals as far as I'm concerned. Um, we're not doing anything crazy or cutting edge um, outside of just trying to do that and execute and be super disciplined in those basics. But that's hard to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it, it definitely is, right? Like, I think we're all trying to figure out, you know, maybe how to redefine the wheel, but maybe the easiest answer is like, the wheel doesn't need to be redefined. Like, you don't have to figure out how the wheel rolls. Like, the wheel rolls just fine. Um, it's the inputs that, that what change 
um, how fast the yeah. wheel rolls, right? Um, and that's where we can use technology to figure out like, Hey, how can we, how can we accelerate this thing? And you mentioned a few, a few different tools, right? LinkedIn power dialer, like, you know, I'd love to hear how your team's using LinkedIn, uh, to really get in front of people. Cause it really is that multi-touch attribution yeah, it model. Is. It is. And, and of course having great marketing helps too. So we've, we've got really great marketing at our company. Um, they do a fabulous job of bringing inbounds and just creating awareness around who we are. So that when we do eventually reach out via yeah. LinkedIn, you know, we'll reach out through people that are following our LinkedIn page who care about getting our updates. Great. That's a pretty warm person to talk to. Um, and then the messaging, the messaging, especially on LinkedIn, the messaging is different if you're emailing somebody, if you're cold calling somebody, and if you're LinkedIn messaging somebody. If you're LinkedIn messaging somebody, you got to be really human. You got to be really um, connecting as if it's a conversation. You're standing in front of that person and having the conversation. Hey, great to connect with you. Yeah. How's it going? You know, you can't just go in and cold pitch right away. That's a that's a really bad strategy I found. Um, maybe you're seeing things differently, but that's how I see it. Uh, and then email is a little bit more formal, and then cold calls like straight to the point, super formal but super pointed. Yep. And so the messaging matters on each platform yeah. as well as the consistency. But LinkedIn, be personal. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, right? Like people can smell the BS coming from a mile away, especially on LinkedIn as, right? Like I think on every, <clears throat> in every um area of, of this, of this model, right? Like when you think about email, we're getting more emails mm -hmm. than we ever did um, because technology is better. So people can send more emails, right? We're getting more calls, right? I didn't remember five years ago, it'd be weird if I, if I got five spam calls, now I get 20 mm -hmm. to 30 a day um on linkedin is the same way right and so it's all about differentiating yourself and your company in a positive way um and i'm sure prospects appreciate it because i know i hate when i get a message that doesn't even apply to me it's like man do a little research before you send out where you yeah, before you send. and and that's i think that's the biggest thing too like when i say personal i don't mean hey i saw you and i both graduated from the same college whatever it's like no just just tell <laughs> yeah. me what you do, why you think that would be a benefit to me and get to the point. Relevance is more important than like that really fickle personalization. That's, you know, you're like, okay, mm -hmm. whatever. Sure. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Like for you, does, does the, does the approach change when it comes from different clients or industries or is it somewhat really similar in that sense? I think it's similar. I think, um, and that might be my, my simple mind yeah. in the way that I view things. Um, I have a tendency to want to simplify everything as much as I possibly can. Um, so I believe firmly in the style of messaging um, and the cha by channel. But I think if you do that, you know, you, you don't change yeah. it by industry. And that being said, too, like we currently at Visible Thread, we operate within a few very uh, specific industries government contracting being one of them, where all the language, of course, is going to be the yeah. same there. That's different than what I would do in the logistics space. Logistics, again, more conversational, a little bit different. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense, right? I think that really bases on like who you're selling to. And the more you have that persona defined, the easier it is going to be to, to send messages easier, right? <laughs> Find commonality, be able to explain value, um, but it all comes from that, that front end work. And so what, what advice would you give to maybe a salesperson that doesn't necessarily have a lot of that persona defined 
um, from yeah, the leadership I, team. I talk to as many people that you could as customers. If you have Gong, go listen to the Gong calls. What is the actual customer saying? If you have customers, right? Really early startups, maybe you don't. Uh, when yeah. we were at Dispatch, we, we didn't really have customers. When I had joined, I went out. I was basically just trying to learn the industry, trying to learn who would even use a service like the one that we were offering. Uh, what was the language that they were using? You know, they're talking about right. hotshot deliveries. Like, what is that? You say hotshot. What does that mean to you? Like, I'm new. Help me yeah. out. Don't, educate poor dumb me. You know? Help me understand. Yeah, help me understand <laughs> what you mean. Coming from the beginner mindset. And people do <laughs> want to help you. That's the thing that I found is if you're in an industry, people do want to help you. They would do want to help you understand what it is uh, because that just shows a genuine effort to try and help solve their problems. Now, you might not get a yes from them because yeah. they're like, you don't understand us at all and I'm educating you, but but you'll take it and use it with the next person that you talk to. Um, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, it. not every meeting turns to a win, right? But I think you have to find the win, the small wins within um, with each, within each call, within, within each meeting, within, you know, each interaction, right? Because you may not sell every single time, but that doesn't mean you didn't get something out of it to make yourself better, to be able to position your product better, right? And, um, finding those small wins for a salesperson, I think is key, especially, I mean, throughout any part of your career, right? Sales is a difficult, is a difficult job. And I think it's most mentally, um, taxing. Yep. So if you can find those small wins and those, those half glasses, and instead of a uh, half empty, right? Like huge difference. It makes yep. a big difference. Totally agree. Yeah. And so like, now that we're talking about culture, right. And you know, like how do you build a continuous improvement culture um, at visible threads? Like what are you doing to, to keep your reps engaged and yeah, I think it, and such. it comes with frequent communication. You know, it's, it's weekly one-on-ones. It's potentially even a second meeting every week with each individual AE how'd it go, yeah. where are you seeing issues, what are you struggling with, and then getting into deal coaching and saying, all right, where are we at? What What's the next step? What needs to happen? What do we need to get out of this meeting? You know, really getting in the weeds when you can. Uh, sometimes that's hard from a head of sales position or a VP of sales position to be able to get down into the weeds with the team. But when you can, you absolutely do it. And you, you yeah. provide feedback, but you also really have them think through before you give them any type of response. How would you handle this? And then sort of understand how they're thinking about things. Okay, great. You're thinking about things right. Cause I want to just download my brain onto you. I want you to know what I'm thinking before I think it. Yeah. Um, and I want you to be, be autonomous essentially. That's the goal. That's the end game. Um, because that's what'll help them operate with yeah. these deals. So I think it's it's really getting gritty and, and trying to coach as much as possible and download your brain, how you think about things and what actually gets deals done for them. You know, you're funny you say that, right? Like I can remember um, back in my experiences where I would listen to a call um, with a rep or I would listen to a meeting and I'd say, hey, I'd stop the meeting and I would say, hey, this is what I would have said in this in this point. Now I'm going to watch what you said. And, um, and kind of coach you on that, but it gave them almost a fair playing field. Like I didn't watch the meeting. I hadn't, um, listened to the call before. And so they really had the insight to say like, okay, like this is, if Tyler was making a cold call or in a, in a discovery meeting, this is how he would have took this meeting and how he would have led it. Maybe it would have had a different outcome, but right from their perspective, right. They got to see like, Hey, this is how your manager is thinking. And so, um, so often I think us as, as leadership, right? Like we get caught up 
with the the macro view and we and we lose sight of that that micro view so advice i would give to as a, as a salesperson out there right bring your manager something right and ask ask for help ask for um feedback because i can promise you any manager out there any leader will give you totally. feedback once you ask for it right and, but sometimes and, the hardest part is ask asking you matter so like what does the leader want to see they want to see here's my situation here's what i'm thinking what's your feedback and they can make it yeah. easy for them to give you that coaching and feedback to say, yes, I think that you're thinking about this the right way. Maybe I tweak your yeah. messaging a little bit or nope, you're thinking about the right way and I love your messaging. Boom, go. And then you as the rep can feel good about, OK, I'm getting it. We're figuring things out. And your manager can feel really good. That's called managing up. Your manager can feel really good about, man, this guy's really bringing me stuff or this gal's bringing me stuff. She's got it figured out. She's knowing how to think about it. Okay, now we're talking about what's the next step for her in her career if she's successful and doing what she's doing, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. Like, and so that le really leads me to the next point is like when when you see a rep like asking questions, going over and beyond, like you know, um, are there any things that you do differently for that person uh, because you know that you're going to be grooming them you, you for the next level about up that and start figuring out is this where you want to go? Is this something that'd be of interest to you? You're crushing it now. You're doing the IC thing. But you have that conversation earlier, I think, than if you don't do that. And then you also say these are areas where, you know, yeah. because leadership's different than being a rep. So you can then start coaching aspects of leadership uh, so that when they get to that spot, when they're having that success and you're like you have the availability, you have the resources, you have the place to put them. They're ready for all that other managerial type stuff, too. So you work on that in conjunction with the sales coaching, but ideally they're leading that part. So that's actually pretty easy to do. You don't have to dig into all the stuff that they're doing. They're just bringing you the most pressing stuff. And then you really focus yeah. in on the managerial side, the mental aspect of managing a team, how to build teams, how to hire, how to do all that other additional stuff too. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, how about the opposite end, right? Like you have a rep that's struggling, you know what you, you've tried to coach them, right? Like, are there different tactics that you've tried to employ to, to bring the rep back? Or like, when do you know from that point, like from a manager standpoint, yeah, the then it's like, Hey, I, this I just isn't about working. Is the mental component of it. Are they in this still? Do they, is the juice worth the squeeze from their perspective? Cause I, yeah. you know, as a leader, probably you feel the same way. I feel like I can get anybody there so long as they're willing to do the things that it takes to get there. Now, most of the time, the answer is 100%. they're not willing to do it or they've got one foot out the door and they're sort of half-assing it. If that's the case, hey, it's been great for you. This isn't working out for you. It's not working out for me. Let's part ways. No problem. It's a job. You know, you can go find another one. Uh, yeah. We'll find somebody yeah. else to fill your yeah. shoes. But it's it's really a, a very frank conversation of, hey, this isn't really going well. Are you enjoying it? Do you want to be here long term? Um, a lot of times you'll still get a yes regardless. You yeah. got to do a little bit of reading between the lines. And then you got to put a plan together to say, okay, if that's the case, yep. these are the things that we're going to need to see from you and what I want to see from you so that you can be successful. Um, and ask them to do some of that prep work and put together, this is how I'm going to be successful type of plan. You're gonna know a lot when you get that plan back if they're if they're really in it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I like I like that, right? Like put that on them, right? Because I think from my standpoint, right, it's always been maybe me giving the carrot the stick, right? It's like, hey, you you either implement the strategies and become really really successful because mm-hmm. obviously it's working for other part people of the team, right? It's not like I'm saying, hey, this isn't just a you problem. This is, you know, one only it takes sure. one rep to really bring down a team mentality, and um, right, like from that standpoint. So I love. I love the idea of putting it back on them and saying, Hey, like come back to me with, with this. And, um, and let's see how we proceed from there. Cause you're absolutely right. Like you could tell, Mm -hmm. you can tell when somebody half-asses something. Yeah, man. What about you? Has there been any setbacks in your career? That's that's that you, maybe you've turned into a valuable uh, learning experience. When I made the jump to go from being now, Again, it's one of those things we're reconstructing history here and maybe things work out a little bit differently. But if I could have evaluated <laughs> the move from being yeah. a potentially a SaaS AE at Sports Engine to financial planner, it was like it was a money driven move, ironically. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know how that whole deal works. But, um, but I didn't yep. make the decision for the right reasons. Um, some of them seemed right at the time, but I just didn't think through it logistically enough or logically enough, I guess. And yeah. it was never going to work. You know, it's just, it was never going to work. I was never going to make it work. Too. That's my ownership over that, which is I was never going to make it work. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd test it out and see if it, if it would, but that was a setback. That was a big time setback. It took a year away from my career and yeah. Um, I'm happy with where I'm yeah. at now, but I do wonder, you know, what did I miss? What did I miss out on? What, how did that change my trajectory a little bit? Yeah, if if I could provide any, um, if I could provide any sort of feedback to to reps that are looking to change, like if someone trying to sell you the boat and saying, "Hey, this is." And, and making it seem really, really easy for, for you to have the boat, that you know the, mm-hmm. the boat does not come easy, right? Anything, um, you know, there's so many struggles out there from a standpoint of, like, sales is not easy. And so if somebody makes it seem like, hey, we've got this shit all figured out, like, nobody has it 100% figured out. And so if they say they do, they yeah, don't. For sure. Right? And I would maybe turn around really, and run. Uh, suspicious of any... <laughs> promises and just because one person's successful in a role doesn't mean that you'll be successful in that same role you got to evaluate only specifically based on my skill set based on what i've done do i think i could be successful here does this is this even who i want to be do i want to be this type of person is this a path i want to go down you know yeah if i would ask myself some of those questions i think i would have gotten to an answer a little bit quicker Yeah, I hear that. Man, transition it a little bit. You know, like what are some of the some tips you have for people that are trying to um effectively manage a team and especially in this remote environment? Like Yeah. Like what, what kind of tips would you give people out there? Uh just from a human perspective again, you really gotta build relationships with your team. You gotta stay connected with them on a weekly basis. I've seen on LinkedIn and other places where people are saying, Yeah, we have a one on one every other week or once a month. It's like to me, that that idea is insane. I don't know how you could do that. Um, you've got to be able to build a culture where yeah. there's transparency, where it's very communicative. 
people are talking to each other all the time. You got to keep your reps communicating with one another. You got to keep sort of the vibe on Slack, daily standups, all that stuff. You just have to do it just to keep people connected. And then I think trying to get together yeah. once a quarter is a really great um, cadence to, to get the team together and and build relationships because people are moving jobs all the time and establishing some kind of uh, base level of group dynamic is important, is healthy, makes people feel like they belong a little bit more. So just from getting just from like emotional support 100%. with remote work, I think that's a big piece to it. And then asynchronous work, being, being good at asynchronous work, sending messages on delay, like you as a leader, you got to get all this stuff out when you have the time, but you can send on delay. You can say, hey, I need this by the end of the day to yeah. a, a rep of yours. And then right after that, you can send the message, hey, I'm not sure if I saw this come through yet and send that to be 4 p.m., right? So plan ahead. <laughs> and if you got to cancel, you got to cancel. That's no big deal. You, you got it back. So that's the, that's the benefit. So I think there's a lot of stuff yeah. that can be done asynchronously that will save your own mental health and, and go from there. Yeah. I love that, right? Like there's a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Especially for new leaders, right? Like you don't want to micromanage. Nobody wants to be that micromanager, but also think, right? Like <clears throat> be yourself, right? Like um your reps appreciate that and 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 as you show the vulnerability with them, like hey, I'm a person too, right? Like I have my own struggles and and it may not be the day-to-day of I didn't get anybody answer the phone today or I didn't <clears throat> everybody canceled on me, right? Like your sales leader has been there at some point or another. And we know that struggle. We know it all too well, right? And um, so confide, confide in that person. Like, tell them how you're feeling. And and I think that you, you'll you find along the way that um, they may be able to lay some some knowledge on you that and you could appreciate and, and, take for, got and take further all on. All sorts of doubts and questions and frustrations and all that stuff too. Um, but if you're the one that's leading the team, you do have to sort of bottle that up and keep it positive and keep the team moving in the right direction. You do set the tone for your team. Whether you feel like you do or not, you do. Yeah. So people are watching what you do. They're watching how you act. They're watching what you say, how you say it. You know, so you can, you do need to connect personally, but you also need to yeah. recognize your role. And this is not even just for within your teammates. This is for, if you're a head of sales, this might be for your CEO. You might need, you know, you might need to sort of lead them and tell them, look, everything's fine in yeah. sales. We're working on things are going good. This is the progress that we're making. That's what they want to hear, but it's also what they need to hear um, to sort of keep the faith, keep investing in the team too. So you do really set a tone for a company, especially a smaller company when you're a sales leader of any kind. And you can confide, you can be vulnerable, and you should. But you also need to understand the impact of what you say and how you say it uh, and what the implications of that might be, which is a hard job, but it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it is not an easy one um, for all those people that want to be into into sales leaders. And, you know, I'm going to ask now um, because I think not not everyone's cut out to be. But like for all you people out there that are looking to become a sales leader, like Dusty, what what would advice would you give them? Um, and they're trying to they're maybe they're a senior, you know, a lead. Right. And they're trying to get to that next step of, of sales leadership. Or like what advice would you give Think them about to, what to, to make that, that last you final jump from a sales leader and start doing it right now? Just start, just start doing it. Just 
if even if it's Ooh. managing up, it's that managing up thing before too. Like with your with your senior level leadership, if you're at an early stage startup, yeah. and you report directly to CEO as the founding AE, and there's a slew of other founding AEs or your team lead or whatever. Just own it, take it now. I know some people might say, "Oh, that's you know you're doing free free work, free labor, whatever." No, that's just how you take initiative and you show and you make yourself the default choice. Yeah. So that when it comes time to hire a leader, it's not a question of who is this person going to be. It's a question of uh, when's Tyler going to get promoted? When can we give him that leadership title? Because because oh, of course it would be him. Who else would it be? You know. So I just take action and start leading. Yeah. And that could be providing yeah. advice or help for your fellow AEs, but it could also be standardizing processes um, and just trying to help the team in other different ways. But be a leader, set the tone from an attitude perspective and just start doing the job sort of. I love that, right? Like make the choice a no brainer, right? Like if you're doing the if you're doing that job already, you're you know, it's not like they have to interview to say like who's who are we gonna put in this position for this job, right? It's like, hey, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um and sometimes that's the extra push that a company needs or the the extra push they need to see that like, hey, they have the confidence for you. Cause I think a lot of times, like for us, it's we wanna make sure we don't we don't um promote the wrong choice. Right. For so for you to show us, hey, you have the ability to do it now. That makes our that makes the yeah. And if you're already in a company, the chance of failure and there's a, a startup lower. and you're growing, they are going to make a hire. Right. That's going to happen. You know that that's going to happen. You could just take that choice away from them and say, look, okay, now we don't have to go out and try and find some leader who doesn't know our company, doesn't know our product, doesn't know our processes. If you step up, man, what a relief that is to yeah. say. We've got this great person here who's doing a fantastic job already. Why wouldn't we promote them? You're you're providing some relief and some sort of trust factor that like, look, this is somebody who gets us, knows us, knows our culture, knows our product. Boom. You're the obvious choice. You, you And to be truthful, you do have to be yeah. that choice if you're going to make that jump. You've got to be the number one person for the job internally because um, people are going to come in from the outside with experience that you don't have. So. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Man, I got one more question for you, and it, and it's it's a different one. Like when you leave this earth, how do you want people to I'd remember you? I have a a personal mission statement, which is a very very simple and uh, intentionally open, but it's to lead and grow. So I want it to be somebody who is remembered as always trying to help other people. Like, I feel like people that have worked with me from a sales perspective in my background, that they would tell you, they would tell anybody, look, Dusty was always, always had time for us, always was willing to provide me advice, help me to get to that next level. Um, and then I take that yeah. from my from my professional life to my personal life, too, which is I've got two kids. I've got a wife. You know, I want them to feel like I led the family and I helped grow the family. I helped my kids have a good life, guide them through that process. Um, so I just want to be a leader and I want to help people grow. Yeah, I love that. I love that, man. And I think if people, more people took that mentality and that same mindset, I think so too. Um, and the I'm world would be a much be. better place. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love that. Dusty, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. 
Appreciate and, it. Happy uh, to be here. Man, this Happy is another episode of How the Greats Do It. I'm excited to listen to all the episodes.